If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Wow. Just so glad to be back with you all. Thank you so much for always listening. Thank you for always bringing your comments and your reviews and sending the messages that you do about this podcast. It's always just really encouraging to know that, you know, that our words matter and that the stories that we're sharing are really touching your heart and also just criticisms. If there are any out there, we definitely want to get better. And so just here for that. But today is a really special podcast to me. Um, One of my very dear friends, Rashawn James is with us and she actually was on the podcast a while back, but she's here today to share something that she wrote because I actually just adore it and I adore her and I feel like it's just needed to hear her words today and in the time of change for our culture and our society and things that should have happened so long ago um, that we can be a part of change now. And so Rashawn, welcome to the podcast again. Thank you for cutting out some time for us. Yes. Thanks, Nicole. I'm glad to be (laughs) on here always. Mm, that's so sweet. Well, I mean, I think I said it the last time you're on and and for those who are listening, I hope you'll find her podcast. Um, I'll have a link to that one as well as, as we post it online, but Rashawn is one of the smartest people I know. She's also one of the funniest. You don't and know that many people then, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there it is. So anyways, um, Rashawn, you recently wrote um, a lament for, mm-hmm. it was meant for our actual church community. Rashawn and I are, are mm-hmm. in community at the same um, faith community in our city of Columbus, Ohio. And we both serve sort of with leadership within women's ministry uh, with our dear friend, Marlene Nathan. And Marlene had asked you, Rashawn, to write. And I don't think she asked you to write a lament, right? She just asked you to write. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, I know that you were just searching your heart. I could just, I could see that as it came through that that this is what needed to be said. And um, so I wanted to begin with that, but I also wanted to say to our listeners that, you know, Lament is such an important thing, even in our healing journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I think God often enters our story and listens to our laments. Like oftentimes for me, that's what draws me the nearest to the Lord and helps me to find his comfort when I'm not finding it elsewhere. And I think being able to express the pain, you know, pouring out your feelings to God when you feel like no one else is listening, when you can't even voice what you're feeling to those closest to you in a way that you can be heard. Like God hears you. He hears the pains that are lying in the deepest crevices of your heart and your soul. And, um, you know, it just brings me back so many times to the Psalms and, and just that straightforward conversation 
that we can have with God and he can handle it more than anyone else can. And so I think even just as survivors of sexual abuse, we can relate to a lament because I think it's an important piece um, as we seek healing from, from God. And so Mm -hmm. your lament, I think can do the same thing in a time where we are wanting to see justice served. We want to see change. We want to see um, equality. We want to see the systemic racial um, oppression come to an end. And we want to see our brothers and sisters um, liberated and walking our streets the same way we white privileged people do. So Rashawn, your lament was called, I see them. Could you read that? Yes. I see them. A black woman's lament. I have a black son. I have a black husband. My daddy is black. My brother, cousins, uncles, my nephews, every man that I love with everything inside of me is black. When I see them, I see them. I cannot get the image out of my head of the police officer's knee on George Floyd's neck. I cannot help but imagine my cousin's face slammed on the ground, begging for mercy. I cannot watch the video. I've yet to watch the Ahmaud Arbery video. I've tried, but I can't. The segment I saw of when they see us sent me into a mild panic attack, so I had to turn it off. I knew that if I watched one second more, the truth of it would haunt me for the rest of my life. Why? Because when I see them, I see them. My son loves peanut butter and jelly. At night, I sleep on my husband's chest. My cousins make me cry laughing like literal tears. And my daddy is the best guitar player I have ever heard. And when I see them, I see them and I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. Trembling, anxious, petrified for mine. I imagine hearing of my baby or one of my men being killed. I'm screaming. I'm falling on the ground, screaming, uncontrollable. I'm screaming, screaming, inconsolable, and I cannot stop. My heart is bleeding. My soul is pleading, God, please have mercy. I can't breathe. I'm not just afraid of them being killed. I'm afraid of the day my son realizes that they are afraid of him. I'm afraid of the punch of rejection my daddy feels when someone locks their doors or clutches their purse when they see him walk by. I'm afraid because if my nephew's white girlfriend says he did it, then he did it, whether he did it or not. This is the America I live in. Another murder, another cop kills another black soul and no justice. And then another murder and another, another video gone viral. My eyes see Trayvon, but my heart sees Roman. My eyes see Brianna, but my heart sees Ainsley. My eyes see Ahmad, but my heart sees Andreas heading out for a run in our predominantly white neighborhood, and I can't breathe. Why? Because when I see them, I see them. 
And now I got to see them, their comments, their comments, their rebuttals, their privilege-driven, know-nothing-but-know-it-all, dismissive comments. I feel like they're talking about my son. I feel like they're talking about my husband, my dad, all the men I love. And every tweet, every post, like fingers curling around my neck and squeezing. And when I hear them, I can't breathe. When they're more vocal about the protests than the killings, outraged for the burned police station, but deafeningly silent about churches burned by the KKK, so offended by an athlete taking a knee, but not the knee that killed a black man. When they speak up and tell me all white cops are not bad, but won't speak up and tell them all black men are not threats. Lord, I can't breathe. I am an anguished black woman. They call me an angry black woman. I tell them how I feel. They tell me how I should feel. I just want justice. They just want to justify murder. Them comments, dismissive and defensive, mm -hmm. silence and indifference, right versus left instead of right versus wrong. Them comments. What about black on black? Stop. But police have it hot. Stop. But all lives met. Stop. But why don't they just put their hands at stop? But you didn't even know him. Stop. Please just stop. I see them. I see them. And I see them. And I can't breathe. You know, those comments, Rashawn, is, I feel like it's just what I keep reading. It's just like, it just creates so much fire and you know, even just as a white privileged woman, I cannot imagine. And I try so hard to put myself in your shoes. And I feel like that, you know, it really has helped so much to, to be able to do that. And I hope that helps our listeners too. And, you know, just the, the all lives matter, it just goes all over me. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many amazing memes come out <laughs> since then of trying to explain what that might feel like mm -hmm. to somebody, you know, who has a different color skin than me, you know, mm -hmm. the one I really liked was, um, the one of Jesus, you know, speaking to the crowd of probably white conservatives. He says, blessed are the poor. And then the crowd responds with blessed are all lives, Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Like we have to think about your words. We have to lament with you. We have to come alongside of that and understand. And, you know, I think it's so, so basic how at this time right now, we're all just learning how to wash our hands for the first time. Right. And now we're learning, oh, you also can't be racist. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to teach, you know, you can't sexually assault other people. Like it's so, there's so much learning going on when we can't even figure out how to wash our own hands. Like mm -hmm. it seems like a mountain, but if we can just listen to these words and lament and, 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 and discover and do our research and um, have the hard conversations, you know, my hope is that 
there would be another side to this, you know, that this discomfort that we're in, being able to voice the lament must have been so hard for you. And I just want to honor the work that you've done to be able to not only write it, but to speak it out loud. And um, at the same time, I think that for myself, I want to be able to sit in that discomfort of listening. And I think for many of us, you know, we, we did a, a podcast recently, Rashawn. I don't know if you heard it, but um, Mary and I talked with a trauma-informed yoga teacher and just listening to the importance of being able to sit in the discomfort as someone who's gone through trauma to be able to reconnect with your body, how beneficial that is to be able to sit through the discomfort of a yoga pose. It's so beneficial to your healing. It's beneficial to your growth. Um, And to me, you've got to think about how beneficial that must be to be able to sit in this discomfort of knowing that white privilege exists and anti-racism is something that we have to speak up to and change within ourselves and with others. And, and in the midst of this discomfort is where our growth can come. You know, that's where our liberation can, can finally be seen for one and for all. That's, that's just my hope. And so I do believe that lamenting is a step and I hate that this hasn't come centuries before. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to say to you and to your family that I'm sorry for that. And, and I want to be a part of of that change and that committed to that. And I hope all of our listeners would be willing to listen to this podcast, not just right now, but rewind it and to listen again to your words and to close your eyes and to step foot into Rashawn's life into the life of your friends and people that live near you that, you know, people of color who are going through things you will never, ever have to experience. Mm -hmm. And might we be able to say that black lives matter and really Mm -hmm. mean it. Thank you, Rashawn. You're welcome. I liked what you were saying to Marlene about how more white voices need to be the ones that are heard right now. I mean, I think that was a real teaching thing for me because I'm like all about that amplify melanated voices. Like that seems to make sense to me, but at the same time, like using the privilege to be able to talk to all the white followers, you know? Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. And I think it was something I hadn't thought about until I read your email actually, so. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely think that when I was telling Marlene is that we don't, we don't understand what white people are thinking because Mm. I think some white people are just don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. But I think that it's important to talk together, not to just amplify black voices, but then to amplify those black voices with white voices to understand Mm. each other. Because I want to know what are you, what, what are you thinking when you follow me in the store? What are you thinking when you <laughs> post, mm. when you read this lament? What did, how did that make you feel? What is the discomfort? Let's talk mm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've been, I think Black people have been talking and saying things for a long time. What makes you ignore that? What makes you get defensive? What is that feeling of something that's so basic mm. that makes you run from it? So I think that that was important. I think we're all just needed um, to make this all happen. So I appreciate people like you 
Um, I mean, if you even go all the way back in history, I read a book to my girls years ago and one of the white girls in my class goes, Mrs. James, I had no idea that there were actually some good white people back then. I didn't know that some white people didn't believe in slavery. I didn't know that some white people helped. They didn't believe in this either and that they were all together in this. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's true. And I think we need to know that this day and age too. Like we all need each other um, at this point. So I do appreciate people like you. I think years from now, people are going to have to explain to their children how they responded during this time. And I think people like you will have something good to say to your kids. You won't have to lie or spin it. Mm. That's a really good word, Rashawn. And I think I've really been sitting with that too. And, you know, I've had conversations with people prior to 2020 of like mad respect for Martin Luther King Jr. and all that he did and all of the amazing black voices from, you know, years past, Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I learned that had Martin Luther King not been killed, he would be the same age as Barbara Walters right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he was, he was only like 39, 38 when he was killed. He wasn't an old man. Wow. And that shows you, you know, how recent that even was. Because I think for a lot of us, especially white folk growing up in white schools, we aren't we barely got any messaging on, you know, any type of history like that. And it was very glossed over and it made it feel like it, it was centuries ago, you know, for sure that we're so beyond that time and we're not obviously, but I think the ideas that you're sharing right now of just, you know, the, the white voices being able to, I guess, hear and see and converse and that we can talk together on these things that that's so important and also I think for me I I get caught up sometimes in in wanting to again say the right thing and not say the right thing and be there in the right way and and not be too much um but what you're saying is like try anyways right for sure yeah for sure because I would rather you say to me, but Rashawn, do you realize how, you know, like when someone says to me, but, you know, George Floyd, he did have fentanyl in his system. Mm. What do you think about that? You know, I, I, I would rather. should have been killed for that. (laughs) Yeah. I would rather you say that to me and I can be like, what is, what do you mean? What does that mean to me? It means he had fentanyl in his system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could talk to you about asking you the tough question of what, why are you bringing that up right now? What in you needs to find something that to bring him down or we could have a conversation about it because we don't do, we're not, you know, they say, well, George Floyd wasn't a martyr. He wasn't a martyr. And nobody said that he was, but when anyone dies, the way that we show respect to them, I mean, I just went to an inner, to a funeral not long ago of an addict and nobody mentioned how many how much money he stole from his parents nobody mentioned the the, the trauma that he caused in all of our lives Mm, mm. but they did mention that he would give you the shirt off his back and both of them were true Mm. but when someone dies we don't need to we show respect Uh so people are making it like well you're they so having that conversation i would say is like wow um 
I think it's important to normalize hearing someone's opinion or hearing something new that you didn't know without defending it and then saying, oh, well, wow, I never heard it that way. I'm going to think about that more versus Mm -hmm. defending it. And the only way you can get there and have those paradigm shifts, I think, is by talking to someone who is not necessarily amening you and doesn't see things you the way you see them and might say, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason of writing this lament. And I talked to a guy and he told me, he said, Rashawn, if I see a white person get gunned down, I think, wow, that's really sad. I hope that they're okay. But I don't see my family. And I didn't realize that some black people, when they see a black man or a black woman or a black person get killed, that it's a trigger for them, that that could be their own. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that. So those are the conversations that I think need to happen, but they don't happen unless both sides are talking Mm -hmm. and both sides are allowed to fumble or mess up or I think that needs to be, we all need to be safe places for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just so much defensiveness. We're just wanting to like somehow prove that we haven't been a part of the problem or that, you know, somehow, you know, just like with survivors of abuse, we are so often Mm -hmm. dealing with people making us feel like what happened to us was our fault. And, and what we need to know is that it wasn't our fault and it didn't matter that we went to the wrong street. It didn't matter that we went home with a person we thought was going to be okay. You know, it didn't matter what we were wearing in the same way. It didn't matter what that black man had in his body. Mm -hmm. He didn't deserve to have that knee to his neck for eight Mm -hmm. damn minutes. Right. And so we have to be able, I feel like as those who have gone through trauma and have dealt with all of those comments Mm -hmm. that don't matter, but they hurt so bad when they're said, we have to be able to look at that when it comes to racism and racist comments and the defending of white privilege and all of that, because to me, it's similar. For sure. I'm glad you said that because sometimes I feel like I shouldn't compare this but it's so comparable to me with mm-hmm. simply with the way that you hear the information, you know, mm-hmm. it's so triggering when we were going through all of the media stuff with the me too movement. It's so triggering for me. I can imagine how it is for a person of color dealing with all of the black lives matter, all lives matter stuff, you know, so for us to be able to come to an understanding and know how that might feel and to not say those things that are triggering and are wrong and are hurtful and pile on more and more shame that is unneeded. We can be an answer to this problem because we know how that feels. No, I agree. I think if you can't be an advocate for young girls, for women who are being violated, then just at least just shut up. Yep. If you can't be, if you can't say anything that is going to help the situation, you want to be, um, defensive, or if you just don't understand the basics of humanity, then just shut up. Just yes. be quiet. Just don't talk. Yep. But the comments, I don't think people realize for girls hearing those comments, they think you're talking about them. Absolutely. For black people, when we hear those comments, we think you're talking about our children, our mm-hmm. family. And I think that's just one thing that if there's anything that could make it better, 
is these ridiculous comments that people make and the things that people post and things that people choose to say. And if you're a Christian, then I think it's important to examine your own heart and examine what it is that makes you want to say these things. Is Mm -hmm. it, it can't be to help. Mm -hmm. It's to defend yourself. What makes you Mm -hmm. want to do that? It's, it's a heart check thing Mm -hmm. on both sides. And I do think it's comparable and I think it's okay to compare when you are trying to make sense of it. I think what makes it hard when people compare it is when they say, you know, like there was someone who posted recently, well, people are out here saying Black Lives Matter, but they don't want to talk about all the Black babies they abort every year. When you make that comparison, when you're trying to be disrespectful mm-hmm. and you're trying to reach and find something to hurt people with, mm-hmm. then that is when it's wrong to compare. But when you're trying to really make sense out of like, man, if I know how that feels because I, I could see or I could imagine and then I can multiply it. I think it's okay to, to compare. I really do. Okay. Good. Thank you for sort of giving that permission. I've been sitting with that for quite some time. And, mm-hmm. and even when you're talking about, you know, Christians making these comments, like, what's the point of it? I've thought that for years with the Me Too movement and even my own story, you know, I speak on these college campuses and these churches, and I will hear those comments that are so hurtful and there's no compassion whatsoever. And I'm like, how is that coming out of their mouths? And even within, you know, friends and family members and, there's been many times when it's come to the surface later that their comment that heaped shame on me and somehow made them feel mightier and whatever ended up, it was rooted in their own shame for maybe how they had reacted to someone 10, 20 years ago Mm -hmm. with the same story, but they had shame and they still hadn't dealt with that yet. And so they're still just saying these things to make them feel better to make Mm -hmm. them feel free. So my thoughts are so many of the people that are saying these insensitive and compassionate things that are not helping the conversation that, that is not leading us forward towards change and freedom and hope and love and liberation and quality things that are setting us back. It's because they have been a part of the problem in the past and they cannot bring that back together towards the present. We have to confess where we've messed up. We have to admit where we were uneducated and we said the wrong thing, where we reacted the wrong way, you know, where we were scared when we shouldn't have been and be able to bring that now, lament those things, speak them out loud, bring them to the Lord and say, I was wrong, change me now. Because Mm -hmm. going forward with that kind of like shame response is so toxic to our future, to our communities, to our friends, to our churches, to everything. It's toxic. And so I'm glad you said that it's okay to compare because I didn't know who to ask. And so you're the one. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to compare. It's just not okay to compare in, in a way where you're trying to make it like, well, I go through the same thing, oh, you know, oh, or, yeah. That's you know, I, one. Mm-hmm. it's like, well, I understand how you feel because of that. It's just okay to compare <laughs> no, 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 when no. you're trying to make sense of things. Yeah. Cause that's what we all I just want, want to understand. To yes. I understand. And I, I know what I've gone through and I can f- maybe get a feeling of how something might feel for someone else. And that is where it has helped me in my heart to really kind of bring myself down to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And then what you brought up before about, you know, t- 
talking to our kids about this is a time that we will never be forgotten. You know, mm-hmm. the history books of 2020 are going to be as big as the old encyclopedias at my dad's house. Like <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a big one. And when our kids ask, what did you do? You know, mm-hmm. what I was trying to go back to was that, um, you know, thinking about when we were taught about Martin Luther King Jr. in school. And I remember how hard that hit me. It was such a short lesson. But I remember thinking as a little girl, like, where would I have been? Where would my mm. parents have been during that time? Mm-hmm. Would I have spoken mm-hmm. up, you know? Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would have hoped I would have. And now here we are. And what am I doing? And I, you know, I want my kids to remember going to the protest with me. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to remember that I wasn't afraid, <laughs> you know, when their grandparents may have been afraid for us that, no, they were there and they yeah. are speaking out and we are having the conversations that is going to lead to change. And I, uh, that's my hope, at least. Yeah, you got to be able to look at your own kids and they're going to ask, you know, well, wow, when this was happening, what did we do? What did you do? What did you say? Mm-hmm. I mean, how were you? What were you on the side of? Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you're comfortable looking your kids in the eye and telling the truth of how you responded, you might not be 20 years from now, 10 years from now, if you're not on the side of humanity, not on the side of black or white, but on the side, I like what you were saying, Nicole, too, about the basics. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just kind of basic, like, just don't be racist, you know, just, you know, this isn't their fault. If If a child, if a child is molested, where in your brain do you want to make it their fault? If a child is raped, mm-hmm. how in your brain, it's not even about what you said. Let's not even go to what you say. Where in your brain are you getting ready to make that? Do you, what makes you want to make that okay or make that their fault? I don't care what yeah. they had on. I don't care where they were at. I don't care what they grades mm-hmm. they got or how bad they were at home. Right. What makes you think that that, is okay and that you want to put that shame on them why do we want to protect our oppressors or why do we want to protect that and I think that's the Christian step is to go within and ask yourself what it is that makes you want to to do that what are you trying to protect that Jesus wouldn't (laughs) yes what are you trying to protect and what makes you want to turn me into a hypocrite like when I say man I'm, I'm outraged I'm in pain you know, about this and what makes you, instead of responding, I'm so sorry or feeling compassion or, well, what about black on black crime? You don't seem like you're upset about that. Mm -hmm. What makes you want to put me on the stand or prosecute me? Why is it hard for you to show compassion? And a lot of it is pride. You know, a lot of it is pride. The Bible talks a lot about pride Mm -hmm. and I think that's a lot of it, but I think it's just at this point, you might not be able to change the world. You might not be able to take a statue down. You might not be able to go and advocate and do the things that you do speaking on campuses all over the world, but you can check your own heart. You can check your own mind. You can go within and ask yourself the hard questions that mm-hmm. only you know. So. And I think that's our job right now. That's our job. <laughs> yep. We yep. have to. We have to bring it so close to the center of our hearts right now and really think about where we are on this and what our responses are and, and be a part of change. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're a part of it. So I'm glad that you did this. Thank you for caring 
And thank you for wanting to speak oh, out. Oh, gosh. Yes. No, I care <laughs> so much. <laughs> All right, Rashani. Thank you so much. This was really, really good. And I'm, I'm okay. grateful for your time. And I, I am too. I'll see you soon. I'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you one of these days. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Bye, bye. Rashani. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org. 